Welcome to the podcast, The Life Makeover Show, a weekly series of combos with everyday women who experience massive shifts in their lives when they park their egos, guilt, and opinion of others. Please join us, Tina Gesso and Susan Hum, co-founders of Love & Sync Dating and Life Makeover Collective, to hear the powerful, moving stories of these strong women who decided to get off the exhausting hamster wheel of their lives and to be guided. We will have open, unpolished conversations about how they got the clarity they needed to deal with things like toxic relationships, getting unstuck from unhealthy jobs, developing healthy relationships with their kids, and taking charge of their finances. So let's get started with some inspiring stories. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Life Makeover Show. And here we are, our second episode, right, Susan? Yes. Excellent. So we're super excited today because we are thrilled to welcome our special guest, Sandy Gold. Welcome, Sandy. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. Mm. Well, let's just give everybody an idea of why she's such a super mom. Sandy is actually, let me just go through her bio. She is a proud mom and entrepreneur who lives in South Florida, which is pretty great right now, considering the cold weather. I'm pretty envious. And she has decided to dedicate her life to empowering parents to create beautiful relationships with their children so they can grow up to be independent, happy, and successful adults who will impact the world. It was in her darkest moment when she was facing losing her child. She was homeless, financially and mentally broke. And it was then that she realized that despite these external events, she would never quit being the best mom possible and giving her daughter the life she deserves. So this is a direct quote from Sandy. Thinking back now, even though I thought I was saving my daughter, she was really the one who saved my life. So by focusing on herself and personal growth, she became the best version of herself and she was able to create the beautiful life they now have together. Oh, that is so wonderful. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. So let's start with what you have going on right now. And this is such a beautiful story of how you took like a crazy challenge and hardship in your life that most people would find very, very difficult to bounce back from. And you turned it into something absolutely positive. And especially to be able to use that gift and what you acquired in your knowledge and your skills to be able to help other parents and specifically single moms. So at this point in your life, right, we're going to look at the backstory a little bit later as to how all of that unfolded, because there's definitely a very, very interesting and dramatic story there. But what are you up to these days? Well, I recently started working with parents. I started out with single moms in the beginning and I've opened it up to all parents to help them improve their own life so they can improve their children's relationships between them and raise those beautiful children that are going to go out in the world and make a positive impact on the world. Okay, that's beautiful. And you know what? That amazing message came to our attention when we were first involved in a virtual online masterclass, right, last fall. And then from there, Susan and I were putting together some courses, Elevate Your Love Game. And at that time, you know, you decided to register in those courses. So it was a really interesting time and a great connection, right, Susan? Yes, absolutely. I was pretty much impressed from the moment she made a quick decision. And I love decisive people, particularly women. 
and that's why I was drawn to your superpower. And we've never turned back. We've become such great friends and we're working on these projects together. So can't wait till the world hears your amazing story, Sandy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys. I mean, we're having so much fun. And, you know, those love courses were it's just amazing. <laughs> I learned a lot about myself, not just, you know, in love relationships, but other things too. So I'm really blessed to have had the opportunity to be part of that. You know, Susan and I talk about things, you know, after these classes. And one of the things that we've always said about you, Sandy, and it's something that we would say to anybody is that why you're such a great role model is that you recognize something that works for you and you run with it. You know what I mean? You were the one that was the fastest to do, you know, any exercises that we had. And you were putting things that we were suggesting into action and practice immediately. And you were coming back and doing those lives on the Facebook group and really inspiring the other ladies. So it seems like that's a bit of a drive and a bit of a motivation for you, right? To be such a, an inspiration and a role model because you are really enthusiastic about taking the message and making it work for you, right? Right. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in you have to actually test it, you know, you don't know everything. So if you learn about a new tool or something that could bring you to your goals faster, you know, why not try it and test it? And then if it works, amazing, you can share it with others and help them as well. If it doesn't work, you learn something. So, you know, what just came to mind is the expression walking your talk. Right. So the courses and the coaching that you're going to be offering families and single moms right now, what you're going to be suggesting them to do in the exercises is something that you've done yourself. First of all, you've gone through the experiences yourself and you've been in courses where you've been coached and you've taken the advice and you ran with it. Right. So you're doing nothing that you're offering is not something that you've done yourself already. Exactly. Yes. And that's the easiest way to teach someone else because you can cut off years on them having to suffer. They're not going to have to make the same mistakes, you know, testing if this will work. We already know this works. This is how you get through it fast and you're going to have a result at the end of it. Okay. That's great. So why don't you take us through a little bit of your story? Like you had a fairy tale background, right? You got married, you came to Florida from Austria, right? You were working with families and then you met this handsome devil <laughs> and you guys had a bit of a fairy tale relationship and you did extremely well. And then I'll let you continue with the rest. <laughs> yes, I was born and raised in Austria and, you know, even at a young age, I remember at 13, I used to write in my diary that I wanted to come to the United States. And I don't know where the poll came from. I just wanted to see what the whole fuss was about. You know, you always see it on TV. It looks so glamorous. And I just had to check it out. So I set myself a goal even back then and that as soon as I was going to be done with college, I'm going to come over here. And I did. So, yes, uh, very first year in Florida, I met my now ex-husband and fell in love, started a business together, and were very successful in a very short period of time. And Bella didn't come until later. We were married for a couple of years already. So we had her six years after we met. And it was like that fairy tale story, you know, traveling, having all the materialistic stuff you can dream of. And it looked like the perfect family from the outside in. Yeah. And until it crumbled. <laughs> Sorry? Until it started to crumble. 
Before we get to that point, though, I just want to point out that you were instrumental in putting together a very successful business with your ex-husband. And you were very much hands-on. And if it wasn't for you and up him and him as well, but if it wasn't for you, the business would not have gone taken off to the levels that it did, right? Right. Yeah, he basically, we had split roles. I was running the office while he was running the cruise in the field. And it was just the two of us for many, many years before we hired more people. And it was a very successful business. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> and that attests to, you know, you helping to build a very solid foundation for him. So what came next? Well, we started, you know, it's funny because with the success, our relationship started deteriorating too. We worked extremely long hours, you know, the more money came in, the more dissatisfied he was. He wanted more, 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 which made us work even more and harder. And we ended up spending less and less time together. So, you know, we grew apart a lot and he was kind of loving his life. I was loving mine. And it just wasn't the fairy tale anymore. (laughs) We were more like business partners towards the end. So I changed the whole dynamic and we thought about splitting up, but then we didn't. And then Bella came along. So, you know, it was amazing again for the whole pregnancy, really. I was surprised how excited he was and because he never really planned on having children. And honestly, I didn't either, but we both were super excited when um, we found out I was pregnant. And that year was beautiful. And then when she was born, everything changed again. Because <laughs> now I was supposed to slow down, not be in the business as much. So it just started crumbling. And then we made the decision that, you know, or I made the decision. <laughs> we did. I made the decision that I cannot live in a relationship like that anymore. And I had to leave. Okay. And Bella was how old at that time? She was two. Okay. She was two when I said the first time I'm leaving. I didn't leave right away. I thought... You know, I could listen to the promises and just start over again. But when you already have problems and you don't work on them constantly, it just piles up so much. And I already have made up my mind. I think that's what it came down to, even though I gave him a second chance. Deep down, I had made a decision already that it's it's over. It took almost a whole year before I actually left. Yeah. It was two and a half. Yeah. I totally understand that. As you know, I come from a divorce situation as well. And when you have that ideal family image in your head, right, it's really hard to leave. And from the time that you say it to you actually leave, sometimes, you know, you have to go through that process. You have to test it out a little bit and give them a, well, in my case, like yours, I'm not saying that's always the best course of action, but we did, we gave it another chance. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, so I totally understand that then. Okay. So you told him that you were moving out or that you were divorcing, Mm -hmm. however you did it. And so what happened after that point? Things started to unfold pretty dramatically after that, right? Yes. It took a bit of an unplanned turn after he knew that I was firm on my decision and that I'm really leaving this time. I was basically cut off from all the bank accounts, credit cards, and I had nowhere to go. All my family was in Europe. I didn't have anyone here. I didn't really even have, you know, girlfriends I could rely on because we were working 24-7 and that was just not something, you know, there was no me time. So I ended up leaving with literally what I was wearing that day. 
and I had to leave Bella behind because I had nowhere to go. And that was definitely one of the hardest moments, seeing her reach for me and not being able to pick her up and bring her. That was just totally heartbreaking. So I ended up living in my car for a couple of days. I had to call my mom for my rescue (laughs) to wire a little bit of money from a children's savings account that I still had. I managed with that little bit to get an apartment, a little down payment and start from there. So as soon as I had the apartment, I was, the first thing I did was getting Bella. I had no furniture, nothing, but it was getting Bella. <laughs> so. And that worked out. You were able to do that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long were you away from Bella? I was a couple of days, like four or five days, but that's the longest we've ever been separated. Wow. You did everything very quickly. Yeah. I was not going to leave her behind. That was the main focus. I didn't care where we live, how. I just had to get her back. So during those darkest moments when you were wondering if you were ever going to see your daughter again, you had a small amount of help from your mom. But before that, to be living in a car, a few days after having, you know, left a very luxurious lifestyle, right? A beautiful home, big bank accounts, from what I remember, a private jet even, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you had all the trappings there. First of all, hats off to you to have the courage and following what's right for you to have left such a lifestyle to begin with and not falling into victimhood. How the hell did this happen to me? Immediately, you picked yourself up. You knew exactly what you had to do. And you started taking step-by-step action to get your life back together and build it back up again. So what happened after then? I mean, you're in a small apartment. It's very modest. You're starting from almost nothing. You have your beautiful little girl with you that needed a lot of time and attention. Mm -hmm. So where did you go from there? Oh, it was a rough road. (laughs) When you have to start from zero, it's not easy. You know, I couldn't even afford childcare or anything, so I couldn't get a job and just work from nine to five because who was going to watch her? So it was definitely a challenge. I ended up actually working for my attorney because I tried to do paperwork for my own case to save a little bit of money on the divorce. So it's like, you're actually good at this, you know, why don't you start working? So I was able to do that from home for a while, which got me by. And then I started uh, in real estate. And the reason I picked that career was, first of all, I have a a love for beautiful homes and decorating, but it gave me the flexible schedule I needed. I was actually able to bring Bella on showings or on appointments so I could be a parent and at the same time work as well. So just like anything, any decision I've ever made involves some way around her. It's always that end goal of giving her the best life. And I didn't want to miss out on being a mom working 24-7. And I think you did really well in the real estate industry, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, who wouldn't buy a home from a mom who's carrying her baby while she's doing (laughs) an open house? (laughs) I know. It did help, I I have to admit. And as she got older, you know, I mean, being around it so much, it was cute because she would actually end up selling the homes. She would run the buyer through, oh, this and this. (laughs) <laughs> and you have to do this and let me show you this so it was cute what a great example for moms out there right that sometimes we think we have to separate our kids from our small kids from us in order to do work in order to concentrate and you know we're afraid how it's going to look in front of our clients or whatnot but it actually can be turned into an advantage right 
Yeah, and you're mainly working with families in real estate anyway. So, you know, they're bringing their kids and then a lot of times their kids will play with Bella so we can talk business <laughs> and get things done. So it worked out. Yeah. And, and it brought her a lot too, yeah. And it brought her a lot too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. Like that's the biggest advantage, right? It really cemented your relationship, mm-hmm. right? And she learned some life skills at the same time. Right. What would you say, uh, Sandy, because this is one of the most powerful stories of never having an excuse or never using excuses, right? And you're not a woman of excuses. And even when you try, you'll detect it right away. What would you tell women out there who would even think of using the excuse that they can't do it, right? Like, what would you say? What is your driving force that kept you really going and it's not just Bella I think there's an element of self-love for yourself as well right there is there's definitely a bigger vision I mean back then I always thought it was just for Bella but it was for myself just as much for her I couldn't be the victim I couldn't be defeated you know I win I get what I want It was a very hard realization. And even, I mean, I have to say, I did play the victim mode for a little while in the beginning and I would blame him on everything. And then I would blame being a single mom. Oh, of course, you know, I'm not supposed to make money. I'm a single mom. I'm supposed to struggle. I played that card to myself, but it didn't get me anywhere. So I had to go back to my true self and be like, okay, this is not what you want. So change it. Take accountability, take responsibility for your own actions. If you want a beautiful life, you're going to have to go and create it. Wow. So basically, for you to be the best mom, you had to be the best role model for your daughter as well, particularly when we have girls, right? Rather than a little bit different, but when we have girls, it's almost like whatever you do is going to be copied by them. So was that a driving force within your own mindset as well? It was, yes, it definitely was. I mean, I wanted to her be independent and strong and never end up the way I did, you know? I mean, I didn't see any of the red flags in my relationship and I could have, you know, prevented a lot of things. I didn't have to be homeless if I would have had an exit plan or was smarter about it, but I didn't know. (laughs) And I trusted him, you know? You trust your man when he says, oh, I would never do anything to hurt you. Until that day comes. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, now what? So you have to pick yourself up and go. But it didn't just happen overnight, right? I mean, there were clues along the way. Yes. There typically always is. And there was with me also. So, and it's, you know, sometimes for whatever reason, we turn a blind eye. We have the family and in mind that we're trying to focus on the greater good. Or maybe there's other things at play that we're not even conscious of at that time. But once we're out of it, it's so important to have that compassion for ourselves. And like you said, that self-love, right, was definitely a driving force for you. Where do you think that stems from? You know, is there anything that you do? You said that you're into personal growth, right? We know that. That's kind of something that we all have in common. Like, is there anything within that that you've been practicing yourself or you just feel like that's kind of how you're built or... Well, I started reading self-help books at a young age. And everybody, I remember my friends were like, this is so odd, you know, are you broken? (laughs) But I was just intrigued by how the mind works and how you can readjust your own thinking to basically get anything you want. 
And as soon as you set out to it, you know, I mean, back then it was a diary as a teenager. Now you would call it journaling or setting goals or intentions. But anything I wrote in that little diary would happen. And it was a powerful tool at a young age. It's like, huh, I write it in there. <laughs> it just shows up somehow. <laughs> so it became a goal setting thing. And I would write all my dreams in there and everything I wanted. And I would just keep reading and reading and getting more and more information. And I would study my friends. They would always joke about it. Like, you should have a sign on your door, you know, saying it'll shrink. Because <laughs> they would all come to me with their problems. And I would walk them through it and help them. And then, you know, as I got older, it became more of self-development through the masters and the leaders. Like, Tony Robbins had a huge influence on my life. When did you start with Tony? My ex-husband actually introduced him to me. He said Tony was the reason we met because <laughs> he walked up to me and he had Tony's voice in his head. If you don't walk up to this girl, if you're scared, she may be your wife and you're missing out. So, <laughs> so we met because of him in a way. And then he introduced me to his programs, which I was fighting at first because I was like, I don't see anyone else changing my life. I'm in charge of my own life. Nobody can tell me what to do, right? So I fought it a little bit. But then after listening to like the first two CDs, I was hooked. I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. This stuff really works. And again, I went through the exercises. I was being a good student. <laughs> and I started uh, seeing things happening. And it was just incredible. And I've, I've used that ever since. I've gone to uh, his seminars. And it's just been an amazing journey. Okay. And these principles that you've learned and that you've been naturally employing, I didn't know about this magic diary of yours. Do you still have it? <laughs> I still have it. You have to show us one day. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Do you still keep a journal like that? Yeah, I do. I mean, now it's a little bit different, you know. I mean, when you're 13, you write very differently than you do now. <laughs> and the goal setting obviously changed from then. But I never set myself a limit. I mean, even at 13, saying I'm going to be in America one day was a huge goal, especially since it was seven, eight years out. You know, my parents weren't going to let me move out at 13. <laughs> so I had to finish college first and work for a little bit and then go. This is really powerful, you know. It's the power of in setting an intention. Mm -hmm. And at a very young age, you were already doing that, right? And that's one of the things we learn in personal development. And I think Tony talks about it a lot as well, right? Is setting your intentions right from the beginning, right? And then it's amazing how things can show up, and particularly if you write them down. Right. I think the course that you're going to roll out for these women, I think it's not even for women that are leaving a situation. I think. It's such an important mindset for all women that are in marriages to gain a certain independence, to learn how to take care of themselves and to take care of the household and to take control of the household. Because that was your saving grace is that you were able to build a business. So you had a business mindset already. And so when you had to take care of yourself, you just had to pick up what you already knew. So I would definitely recommend any woman, it doesn't even matter whether it's single or not, a woman in any relationship or marriage to learn everything you have to teach in your course, you know, because independence is key to the best relationships anyway. Yes. You don't ever want to enter a codependent relationship. No, it's, it's just not good. Even if you stay together, it's not good. You know, you want to have your own life 
in a way and be interdependent. Yeah. If you're a great couple and you have all those skills, you're going to be one of those power couples. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And if you ever need to leave, you get a way out. (laughs) Exactly. You never know, right? I don't take for granted that I'm going to be with Kevin forever. I think we are. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to crumble. Maybe for a day or two, but I'll pick myself back up because I'll just fly to Florida or go to Tina's. (laughs) (laughs) I will have a place down there by then. Thank you. (laughs) It's definitely every woman, every woman needs to have these skills. So Sandy, was there any particular magic moment, if you will, that happened to make you realize this is what you wanted to do, to offer to be this type of support and offer these types of courses to women and to parents? Yes. uh, I mean, for the longest time, you know, I always thought, oh, I'm just blessed having, you know, the perfect child and this beautiful relationship. And she's a teenager now. And yes, she still travels with me. And, you know, she's not sick of mom 24-7. And I thought I just got lucky, you know, with a well-behaved child. And it took a while to realize that, you know, that I created by being with her, bonding and spending special times with her. And that she honestly wants to hang out with me. And I was looking at other people's, you know, you meet a lot of other moms, you know, as they're going through the school system and you just see how they interact and Rala's friends will be like, oh, you tell that to your mom? Like, yeah, we talk about everything. I can't talk to my parents like that. And the parents too, you know, they would struggle on the smallest little things. And I was like, wow, you know, there's so much suffering out there where the parents do not get along with the children. And it's such a simple fix in a way. So, you know, and I always talk to all the moms and I was like, okay, try this, try this. Or <laughs> so we'll coach them through, you know, not knowing that it really was. And they will feedback, they will come back and be like, oh, this really worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know, I've been doing it for years. <laughs> but, you know, that's when I was like, wow, you know, I didn't realize how many parents are really suffering and creating a beautiful relationship. So I wanted, I made it my life purpose, you know, to save as many families as I can. That is so beautiful. And I was privileged enough to attend one of your master classes, and I was super impressed. And I told you that at the end, right? Because there's not only were there, you know, coaching tips, if you will, to help parents with regard to their kids' behavior and all that type of thing. And, um, but there was really a lot of concrete tips of where to go, for example, for low cost kids' activities. Right. And different types of things that you could do together as a family that were very simple and fun at the same time. I don't remember every aspect of the course, certainly, but those types of things, because I was a single mom for a while and I still am actually to my 20 year old son. But those types of tips would have been like gold to me after just with my seven-year-old son just after a divorce. So that's why I'm super excited with what you have to offer because I see the huge value in it, right? And especially during times like this, during COVID, these types of tips would would go over really well, right? For parents as they're struggling with being in such close proximity to their kids 24-7. What to do? Behavior. What activities can we do? How can we make the most of this? How can we turn this into a gift? Right. You actually have a great point because especially during these times, you know, I mean, we're all on top of each other for 24 hours a day. 
But this is the best time to create that relationship and bond because the kids can't run and neither can you. <laughs> so <laughs> you better make it fun and build a relationship now before they're able to go back to school again and you're off to work. This is the perfect timing for you. Yeah. And you know what? It's crazy because one of the greatest stresses to becoming a parent or a good parent, it's when they're struggling with the basic stuff of everyday life, right? And if they don't know how to manage their money in a most pragmatic, easy way, it's, it creates a lot of subliminal stress that really adds on the, to their abilities to connect or even to raise their children, right? So by you eliminating all the stuff, the pragmatic stuff, that really, it's almost like you're their back pocket type of, you know, survival guide, right? It's like, just pull out the little booklet. And that takes a lot of stress away from any parent so that they can actually be a parent and not be stressed out of the lack of control over things like finances and budgeting and that type of thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to get your environment together first. And that includes finances, careers, your mindset, everything before you can even start being a great parent. Because the kids are going to pick up on that stress. Even if you don't yell at them, they're going to feel that tension. And then the parents wonder why they throw a tantrum for no good reason. Exactly. When we actually projected it onto them. So right. We need to lead by example and clean up our own stuff first. Yes, please. <laughs> well, talking about leading by example, another thing that you do, and I really noticed this on social media, you have the most extraordinary trips with your daughter. Right. And you've traveled all over the world with her and it looks like you're having an extraordinary time also. And I don't feel like you're posing for the camera. It looks like you guys are really having a beautiful time together. You can just feel the beautiful energy coming through your pictures. And where was the last one? Was it Iceland? Paris, wasn't it? Or was it Paris? Paris? Yeah, Paris in December. Yeah, Iceland was a little bit before that, a few months before Mm-hmm. And now with COVID, certainly the travel plans, I think you even had to cancel a trip, was it? Uh, I didn't book it. I was waiting till like the last minute and then I kept changing destinations because I was like, oh, maybe I can squeeze it in somehow. <laughs> it didn't work out. But that's something, that's another part of your offering, right? How to travel with kids on a budget, mm-hmm. right? And to great places. You're not just, you know, going to Disney World around the corner, right? right. You're getting on a plane and you're going to some extraordinary destinations. Yes. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun and it adds to the relationship building too because when you have experiences like that, it doesn't just open your own mind to different cultures and experiences. It exposes the children to that as well and they look at the world differently. You know, I always make it a point if we go to certain countries that she sees the real life of the people living there, not just the tourist attractions. You know, we've taken her to the poorer parts of Mexico to see how these people live. And she's like, wow, mom, we really have it good. We don't need bars on our windows. We're safe. We have enough food. You know, it opens up their perspective. Mm. And you don't need to have a ton of money. You can do mini trips. It's definitely doable. It's just on how you do it. And you got to be open-minded to it. You know, you may not stay at the most expensive resort on the first few until you can build your way up. But it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about the experience. You know, an observation that I have through all this experience, I was aware, Susan and I were pretty much aware of a large part of your story, but there's little nuggets that are coming out here and there. And this is really, really cool. And one observation that I have is that um, you have made Bella a part of your journey, right? She's seen the tough parts and she's understood it. 
And that has helped form her character, right? And that's probably one of the reasons that she's such a well-balanced and achievement-oriented daughter, right? She's done really, really well in school and different activities that she's been a part of because she's seen you as a role model, right? And that has really bonded both of you as well. I think that's just an amazing example for both of you. Right. A lot of it is being honest with yourself and your children, It goes back to that because, like you said, she has seen the struggles I went through. And as she became older and older, she realized more of what was going on or if mom wasn't okay that day. It was harder to hide it from her. You know, when they're little, they don't pay attention. It's just, they can feel it, but they don't know what's going on. And I would always sit her down and explain things to her or involve her in setting up a plan. Okay, we can't do this right now, but what else could we do? You know, be resourceful. Like, I can't take you to Disney this weekend. But what else would be fun? And make her decide on it, which involved her, helped her with decision-making. And she had a blast because she picked it, even though it was a free event or something. Or not nearly as expensive as Disney. And she still had a blast because it was her idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a beautiful story. And ladies, regrettably, we are at the end of our time. Susan, any final uh, questions or remarks? before we let this beautiful lady go? There is one question, but I, well, you know what? This has to be asked because I really want to know. If you could choose one thing, one word that describes the one thing that you learned being a mom to Bella that you probably wouldn't have learned without being a mom, what would that be? Taking responsibility for your own actions. Love it. Okay, that's all I needed to know. That's all I wanted to say. Perfect question to this on. So thank you everybody for listening and a huge thank you to Sandy. And please, before we go, let everybody know how they can get in contact with you. Okay, the best way is through Facebook right now. You can either look me up under my personal name, under Sandy Gold, or the Golden Parent Group. And feel free to join in there. There's always uh, gold nuggets in there that we share with all the parents. So we'd love to have you in there. Beautiful. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Life Makeover Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion. So please feel free to send us your questions, comments, or feedback. You can find out more about Tina Gesso and Susan Hum and the Life Makeover Show podcast at www.lifemakeovercollective.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>